my dearest friend They don't know the real me and welcome to episode four of Noble Dreams Podcast. First of all, I just want to say that uh, we have some news about Tina again. Tina Frimmel from episode one has been uh, selected for the New Faces uh, section at the Just for Last Festival in Montreal. That's the big thing that she was trying out for when we talked to her. Just to give you an idea of how big of a deal that can be. Uh, previous members who have been given the honor, Jimmy Fallon, Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer, Michelle Wolf. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty obvious at this point that the Noble Dreams podcast is just a cover uh, for the being a Tina Frimmel fan cast, but we're, of course, unapologetically about that and wish her all the best as she can use to skyrocket towards her uh, stardom, Uh, which is so great. Uh, And so, um, yeah, today we have... uh, Two different things we're going to intersplice, intersperse, splice together. Uh, the recorded results of two uh, instances where um, having someone share their music and or stories required uh, leaning into my own fear of rejection or whatever. Uh, so going into a situation uh, willing to be said no to and challenge myself to do that which was a rewarding experience. It's something I've been trying to do more and more in my life. Um, And the results, I'm really happy about that they exist now in the world and that I get to share them for you. Um, So a little backstory. Uh, This was a couple weeks ago, I guess at this point. I went to... Well, first, I was trying to decide when to take the bus back down um, to where I'm living from, uh, from Burlington, Vermont, because the car that I drove up had uh, broken down. And so I was trying to decide when to take the bus, and I was kind of waffling, like, oh, I could go here, and then, and then, blah, blah, blah. and um, to take the bus halfway and then hitchhike the rest of the way back. And um, so I ended up staying a little bit longer than I originally thought I might, and I went to um, a community potluck dinner, uh, that is the same one where Jonathan and I know each other from. You'll remember Jonathan from episode three. No, I'm sorry, episode two. And there was these three dudes there from who had come up from New Orleans, and um, they all sat in a row after dinner and just took turns playing songs. And I was like, man, these guys are amazing, and I really wish that there was some way that I could have had this recorded. Uh, because now that I'm putting these podcast episodes together, my ear for recording stuff is is constantly, or at least uh, often, peaked. And I was like, well, all right, well, just let it go, whatever. Enjoy being here and being present. And then the next morning, I had some time before the bus, 
and I was uh, biking around, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go over to the house. I bet they're still there. They probably spent the night, and I'm just going to see if they'd be interested in that. So I biked over and uh, steeled myself and went in, and, and, and they were lounging around, uh, having slept on the couches and stuff, and uh, they were like, yeah, let's do it. So I went and got my recorder, blah, blah, blah. Um, those guys were really fun to hang out with, and just really beautiful songs um, that I really encourage you to listen to the lyrics. Um, there's a lot of what I would judge to be wisdom going on in the words there. And there's also just a lot of, um, it's sort of a casual atmosphere, so there's a, a fair amount of just banter between the songs, and uh, I, I like leaving that in uh, for now, just uh, celebrating the, the atmosphere. And then, so I I... I I rushed downtown to bring my buddy Travi a book while he was in this meeting and then zoomed back to his house to get my stuff and zoomed back to get on the bus and got on the bus um, in the nick of time. And there was a man sitting on the bus that I know named Lance. And it was funny because I haven't seen Lance in a few months and uh, he has these couple of stories that I've heard. They're sort of his classic go-tos. And I was like, man, one day I want to reach out to Lance and see if he'll tell those stories for the podcast. But then I was like, oh, well, Lance is right here. So I was like, <laughs> I had all my stuff with me. I have a backpack that I've that's all fitted out to fit all the podcasting gear. And I was like, well, here's another opportunity. So, hey, Lance, uh, I'm doing this podcast and wondering if you'd be interested in recording any of the stories. Yeah, yeah, sure. And like, how about like right now? And he's like, oh, okay. And so we sat on the side, you know, side by side on the bus with our whole, with our little microphone. So it's kind of loud, but it's I don't think it's too terrible, and um, I really enjoy his stories. So I'm gonna intersplice those, so it'll be like uh, one of his stories, and then one of the dudes playing a couple songs, and then vice, you know, back and forth. Um, and uh, it's kind of a funny bus ride. So he was only on it for uh, maybe 20 minutes or so, and. So we kind of had to rush to get in his last story uh, before he had to hop off. And then maybe 10 minutes after he got off, one of the tires exploded on the bus. And um, so we had to pull over on the side of the interstate. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was right by the Long Trail, which is the hiking trail that goes from the north border of Vermont to the south um, and vice versa. Uh, and it crosses right there. It crosses where, where the highway is. And there's like a fence and then you can go in the woods and I had to pee really bad so the, the driver got out to like put uh, little cones and stuff to mark that the that the bus had pulled over also the funny thing was there was this dude sleeping in his truck like this this dude with dreadlocks was just in his pickup truck like pulled off but not really in an official pull off place and we, and we like blocked him in with the truck I mean with the bus and you could see he was leaned back with his mouth wide open. You like kind of you watched him wake up and like just be so confused. Anyways, so while the driver was putting up cones, I darted out of the bus. I, I would have asked him, um, but uh, I just I had to pee really bad, and I didn't really want to. I was afraid he might say no too, and this was a situation where saying no would have been terrible because I just I didn't I didn't know what else to do. There wasn't a bathroom on the bus. And so I like ran and, and uh, hopped over the fence and ran into the woods and um, and peed. But then it was like I don't know if I got a little nervous or rushed or something. But I 
I uh, I just didn't quite finish peeing, and so then there was like it like the rest of it came out, and I was like had a whole pee spot on my pants, and I was like, great, now I'm the dude who just ran away from the bus and has come back with this big pee spot on his shorts. <laughs> so so I decided to go for a little jog, so I jogged down the path, and uh, sort of like holding my shorts out so then and, and trying to get them to dry off, and then there's a there's a cool walking bridge, like a cable cable walking bridge that's kind of flexible that, that you can go so I went up and, and checked out the river for a little bit and it was really beautiful there was like a lot of uh, flowers wildflowers and stuff along the path and then I finally felt dry enough and I figured the bus wasn't going anywhere anytime super soon so I jogged back and went back and talked to the driver and he was like man I see I saw you like dart into the woods and was like this was that guy on my bus because man if he doesn't come back i'm screwed <laughs> but he was laughing about it he was a cool guy anyways so that was kind of a fun uh fun experience and then um hitchhiking i have a lot of hitchhiking stories because i like to hitchhike around and uh, i got picked up by a really nice dude around my age in a in a semi truck which they're not usually supposed to pick up hitchhikers and um he was talking to me about being a long haul trucker and other other time in his life and all the kind of adventures there and anyways so uh we don't have an official um Bree Bree mission this week uh still got some time for the first one and so i just i'd really love to hear if you could write in um you know the emails nobledreamspod at gmail.com if you could write in just talk about a time when you've been you can see yourself, even if it's like a small one, at a bit of a crossroads, like, okay, I have a choice right now. I can either not do this, that feels a little scary, or I can do this. Um, and I'd love to hear about times when you've just leaned into a fear and, like, steeled yourself up and gotten yourself to do something. Um, I'm picturing that TED Talk of the, that, I can't remember who it was, the woman who's saying, like, do those power poses where you, like, put your put your uh, hands on your hips akimbo and, and and just like do that for a couple minutes before you have to do something scary uh, to get your confidence up and I don't know if that's been proven someone I think told me it was bunk but I don't know I do it anyways and I kind of like it and um, so yeah a time when you've you've gone through with like facing a small fear and 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 what's resulted from that how did it feel to be rejected how did it feel to be um, you know have an opportunity that you never would have would have uh, seen coming if you hadn't have said yes to this little little challenge that came before you um i think rejection is a really interesting thing I, I like listening there's that that guy who came up with that rejection therapy um and maybe i could find the podcast that he was on and, and link to it it's just really interesting coming up with like every day he'd go and do something that would likely get him rejected and just helped him get used to that um, and become more confident just moving through the world. Um, I like, there's a, one of my favorite books is When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. I don't know if that's pronounced perfectly, but, um, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but basically she was talking about her, her husband was like, thinks of her as one of the bravest people that he knows. And she said, why? I think I'm a total coward. And he said, no, I think you're one of the bravest people because you're terrified to do things and you do them anyways. I think about that a lot. If you've never read that book, When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron, it's one of the most beautifully amazing books. It's The subtitle is Hard Advice for Difficult Times. Yeah, definitely look up that book. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. So anyways, 
I would love to hear about those times, a time when, you know, you leaned into something and what happened. Please email it along. Um, you can also do a voice memo on your phone or whatever, a little recording. Um, and then we can even incorporate them into the show, which would be fun. Uh, thank you so much for being here. So exciting. The podcast is officially out by the time that this is, um, this is being recorded. Or, I mean, by the time that you're going to get it. Wait, that's obvious. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, so that's all. We're going to do these things. Um, the music's going to take care of itself. Really beautiful songs um, by uh, Chris, Zach, and Sam, and they'll intro each other better than I will um, because they wanted to do that, and it's funny, and I appreciate it, how they did it. It's funny to me. So uh, much love to all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, such a treat to be part of this. And without any further ado. So, friendly listener, <laughs> I'm on the bus with Lance Polia. Is that how you say your yep. last name? Uh, we just happened to run into each other on the bus. And how do we know each other, Lance? Through Men Alive, I think. Yep. And what's Men Alive? Men Alive is a group of men who meet three times a year just for com- companionship and, and camaraderie. Cool. And it's a beautiful community. Uh, and so Lance is going to tell us a few stories before he has to get off the bus. Okay. Wherever, Just, whenever you want to start. Okay. Um, this is a true story that happened to me um, about 20 years ago. I was bicycling across Canada on the Trans-Canada Highway from Montreal to Vancouver um, with panniers um, and camping along the way. And the event was pretty uneventful um, most of the way. And then um, when I was in Saskatoon, I was along this, biking along the side of the road on the highway when a car with a camper behind it went around me, but as it swung back, the, the camper got very close to me, so I veered off the highway into the soft shoulder and put my foot down to stop me um, as, because it was a, it was the, bus, the, the bike was tipping over. And as I put my foot down, I put it down in a way such that when I fell over, it tore all the ligaments in my ankle, in my right ankle. And in a few minutes, my right ankle had swollen up pretty bad. It didn't hurt, but it was, it was pretty swollen. So I made my way to the hospital in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I um, was seen by a orthopedic surgeon who took x-rays and determined that my, all my ligaments were torn. And he put a cast on my leg up to my knee, a fiber, um, a um, cast that was made out of, um, what was that called? Um, plaster, plaster, Paris. plaster Paris. And I, um, he said, rest for a few days um, in bed and then take, the, take, the, uh, take a train home with your bicycle. So I'm sitting in bed doing nothing when I've been biking up to 100 miles a day and I was very restless. So I then walked, um, tried walking with putting one my cast leg on my pedal and using my other leg to go up and down the halls of the hospital and I got bored doing that so I went outside and I got on the bike and because the um, cast was below my knee I was able to actually bicycle up and down the block and um, so I said to the surgeon why couldn't I continue bicycling on my trip because my leg was available and he explained to me that um, that's not possible because 
movement in my in my leg, even though it wasn't moving my ankle, would still affect the way my ankle healed. Um, and I was, I said to him, "Can I try it?" He said, "You can try it, but you won't get five miles." Well, the story, the first part of the story is, I got five, ten, fifty, a hundred, five hundred, a thousand, and went fifteen hundred miles from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, all the way to Vancouver up and over the Continental Divide with a cast on my leg. And um, I was able to do it. Um, but that was only one part of the story. The second part was how people treated me. They, um, everyone wanted to stop and give me rides because they all felt so bad. A guy with a broken leg, they thought it was broken, with a broken ankle um, would be riding a bicycle. So I got all these offers to for rides from single ladies. I, one was a nun in a pickup truck to couples and families, everybody. People gave me free food at restaurants, they gave me places to stay. I never had to pay for any any place lodging for the whole trip. Um, and uh, the part of the story that I didn't tell you know is that um, because they were made of, the casts were made of plaster in Paris in those days, I could keep it from getting wet on the outside by putting a garbage bag around it in the rain. But the sweat from inside my leg would, would disintegrate the pastor of Paris. And every few days, it would, it would weaken it. The structure would be weakened. So I would have to go to a, in a clinic to get it recast. That got really expensive. So I eventually learned how to go to a drugstore and for a couple of dollars buy gauze wrapped in plaster and make my own cast. So I learned to recast my own leg, um, which was pretty unique. I didn't do a very good job, but it worked. Um, so I eventually made it there, and when I got there, I eventually I took the train back from Vancouver, and I wrote to the surgeon that what I did and how far I made it. Never heard back from him. So um, that was my story. Kind of fun to live. It's like a live yeah, it deal. Is. Yeah, you got the dog <laughs> snoring. You got my stomach growling. Got the coffee brewing. The dog snoring. Yeah, the dog snoring. I'm just gonna eat chips. Say, <laughs> 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 yeah, whenever you're ready, you can do whatever you like. I really uh, thought the song about becoming what you try to hide was really. Oh, okay, I can do that one. Hey, uh, Noah. Yeah. Just so you're aware, I'm going to play the song that made you cry. Oh, okay. So you may want to put earmuffs on. Oh. Also, I know this is like your guys' house and everything, but <laughs> we're recording this, so if you could just not yell or anything for the next couple minutes. But be much obliged. But but if you want to yell, do your do house. you think? <laughs> also, this is that song, Noah. So. Just, I'd hate to. I just, I'm gonna let you take care of yourself. This is a... <coughs> okay, are you gonna intro? Yeah. Alright, is it recording? We're good? Uh, this is Zach Bryson. Speak up, speak up. Can you hear it? Yeah. Alright, this is Zach Bryson. He's a songwriter from Portland, Oregon. Uh, who typically explores the honky tonk genre, but in the last uh, like 
What? Really? Keep going. Like going. I already don't like it. Go ahead. You want to intro yourself? No, go ahead. Do do, it. No, intro no, yourself. No, no, you're doing a great job. Go ahead. But uh, in the last year, he's... Uh, okay, this is too much. What? That's so much backstory. It's like they got to let oh, the character. Oh, a whole year. A whole year. You got to let the character evolve. We're coming from zero, so. Oh god. Yeah, at the, you were born at, at the age of zero, Zach. There Bryson. we go. Thank at you. At the age of zero, Zach Bryson was born. <laughs> Perfect. In Eugene, Oregon. Yes. Uh, born from his mother. I had to learn to wear shoes. <laughs> he really took a step out of bounds of the regular Eugene crowd by. Uh, Wearing pants. Wearing pants and not uh, smoking pot. Yeah. And uh, it's led to a very unique perspective that is demonstrated in his hot licks and great songs. <coughs> I feel like that's about as good as we're going to get. Lately I have wondered... What's the measure of a man? Is it the muscles in his arm or the callus on his hand? Is it the love deep in his heart he gives when he can? Is it the way he acts in the face of things he doesn't understand? So I think of my father of his faults and his feats. His quick and angry temper that he passed down to me. And of my mother's trembling hands and her hungry eyes. It's getting harder to separate all their flaws from mine. But you can pretend that you don't see it say you don't believe it you can keep it all buried down deep inside but the things you can't erase someday you'll have to face or become all the things you try hard father's father <clears throat> the ones before him all tasked with the burden of turning children into men who can rate the effort who's to judge the sin who's to say it'll turn out better if they had it to do again you can pretend that you don't see it You can say you don't believe it You can keep it All buried down deep inside But the things you can't erase Someday you'll have to face Or become All the things you try and hide Or become all the things you try and hide. Yeah, dude. 
feel like I made the dog snore more. That was great. I think okay. it's, yeah, it's not good coming through. This thing's got a good mic sound. Yeah, that thing's a beast. Yeah, Mine's a very bad. dinky version of that. You can, like, I'm, I'm going like, to record whole bands with that and get pretty good, like, Yeah, you, you die. I know people that do live six, stuff. Uh, mics on into this thing. Damn. Six mics, dude. Dude. With, I mean, you have to get, like, an extra attachment up here, but then, yeah, it's got, Jeez. it's pretty nice. Um, just the one? You want another one? Or it's yeah, go for it. Well, what, can you talk about that song a little bit? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. What is there to talk about with that song? Um, I started realizing... Um, maybe we'll play the other song that made me realize that. About that. We'll do that. We'll do a little package deal. Uh, I, about two years, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I started to uh, realize that maybe... It wasn't everyone else's fault, all my problems in life, and that maybe I should take some responsibility for them. And so I started reading a lot of books about therapy, behavioral therapy, inherited traumas, all that stuff. Started going to therapy, doing all that stuff, and uh, got into the whole, uh, the, uh, what am I trying to say? I've gotten into like, the whole idea of your, your parents as people instead of your parents, because I feel like you can blame your parents, but it's hard to blame them as people, when you see them as people, you know? So, I just started, uh, that's kind of what that song is about, is like, uh, they're not uh, heroes, they're just people, who oftentimes got kind of jumped with child rearing. Like, sometimes it wasn't planned, and yeah, all that stuff. So, that was my, uh, that's my ode to that thing figure out your stuff otherwise you what did Jung say until you make the unconscious conscious it will rule your life and you will call it fate yeah. that type of thing so somebody put it really well recently I heard they were saying like the things that you try to like marginalize or put aside go into the basement and lift weights yeah yeah there you go <laughs> go into the basement and lift weights yeah absolutely that's totally true yeah dude well you'll dig you'll dig this uh this is kind of territory we're going cool. into on this podcast. Though. I like that. That's very much where I'm invested in the world, too. So. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll play you the song that got me to that point where I uh, it was like the last relationship that I failed at, and then I had to kind of look in the mirror and be like, oh, perhaps it's not her fault. Perhaps I have some fault in myself. We'll see you later, Noah. See you, Noah. Good seeing you. So this one's called Who Do You Blame? <coughs> Who do you blame for your failing hell? And who do you blame? You lack of will. Do you blame when you can take the blame yourself? Seems like every day I find a new way to pin it all on somebody else. 
I let her love slip right out of my hand To this day I blame it on whoever I can In the end I'll blame God for making me a weak man It doesn't matter who I blame He's gone just the same it hurts more than I can stand And I never thought that I could live without her But here I am living just the same And the hardest part of waking up all alone having myself to blame something else. <laughs> I remember how she used to dance with nothing on Well, I sat at a table played all her favorite songs Now I'm chasing after moments that are forever gone Back when I thought I could be The man of a dream Boy, I sure was wrong And I never thought that I could live without her but Here I am living all the same and the hardest part of waking up all alone is only having myself to blame. Yes, I only have myself to blame. that one thank you yeah that's what happens when you fly to a different time zone nine hours away refuse to get on their time zone and you just stay up all night and sleep all day mm. don't do anything fun <laughs> and then she goes i'm not into that <laughs> and you go what wasn't that a good time for you and she says no and then you leave and then you write that i always song. blame it on the time zone yeah yeah Blame it on the time zone. Always blame it on the time zone. Yeah, it's a bitch, the time zone, dude. Yeah. But there's something cool about staying up all night. You feel like you're a cool guy. Yeah, but you gotta sleep in the daytime. You yeah. gotta sleep at some point. You lose yeah. your fucking mind. Eventually, yeah. yeah. But you're like, man. So, yeah, I was fucked up. You're no, 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 you're good. That's, that's the, the feel, man. That, yeah. That's the feel. We so love it. We got the breeze blowing through the trees now. Yeah. We love like it, That's the feel. Just picked up Danny in the banana. Yep. Damn. Is it picking up? Is that good? Oh yeah, it's picking up. Well, Just get that little. <laughs> My levels are a little off. And do you think we have time for a couple classic land stories? Okay. Because there's a, there's at least two that I know of. We'll see what we can get to. Okay. Um, when I was a senior in college, I went hitchhiking in Europe with a friend, and I had a great aunt that lived there, um, who was very wealthy. Her husband had found uranium in in, in Canada and when he died, left her many, many millions of dollars. And she had a villa in the southern France um, 
and when I went to France, she invited me to her villa, and um, I went there, and there were, you know, I picked up by a chauffeur, and there was cooks and gardeners and all sorts of valets and everything. So I was in this lap of luxury, and it was near a weekend, and, and we, I asked her, what, what could we do? And she said she was invited to a outdoor um, gathering with Prince Rainier and Princess Grace, who she knew that lived in Monaco, uh, which was not that far away from where she was in southern France. And she asked me if I wanted to go. And I first didn't, but then I thought about it. I said, why not? So um, we rented a tuxedo, and I was all dressed up. And we went to this outdoor party in the courtyard of the palace at, um, of Princess Grace and Prince Rainier. And in the courtyard, was a, it was a, a formal affair. Um, it was a long receiving line. And at the end of the receiving line was Princess Grace and Prince Rainier. So, and just for those who don't know, who is Princess Grace? Because it's a name we know. Oh, Princess Grace was known as Grace Kelly, who was an actress who married, in a very romantic way, Prince Rainier, who was the Prince of Monaco. Um, so it was Princess Grace was Grace Kelly. I'm sorry. Okay. So um, I went down the line, and I was um, ahead of my aunt, who was to my right. And the first person I met was Princess Grace. And I was right across from her, an absolutely beautiful woman who was more beautiful in real life than any of her movie pictures. And I said something that I had planned before her, to her, and I said that, a very short thing. And then I moved to my left, and now I was in front of Prince Rainier, and my aunt was in front of Princess Grace. And Prince Rainier was all decked out in his full military uniform, including a sword and epaulets, and, um, you know, just fancy a feather in his cap and very very fancy and I had thought of something to say to him uh, for the few seconds I was there and I was just about to say when I looked at him and in his mouth was a piece of celery that I saw in his, between his teeth so the my nature at that time was to be honest with him and I said to him very politely uh, Prince Rainier you have a piece of celery between your teeth to which he thanked me and started to pull started pulling it out my aunt, who was to my right, who was a sort of a stodgy old lady, um, heard me say this, looked at me, looked at him pulling the piece of rain, uh, celery out of his mouth, and right in front of Princess Grace, completely fainted, right on the ground. Um, she was out cold, and um, she quickly recovered, but when she woke up, there was a whole group of people that were on the receiving line that had wrapped around and were in front of her watching her. And we, we, the maids came, the um, servants came along with some smelling salts and assisted her. And eventually she got up and she pulled me to the side. And she was absolutely livid that I had said what I had said to Prince Rainier. And she said, I have to go apologize to him at once. And I said, no, I didn't think I did anything wrong, which made her even more livid. And she then said, I am leaving you, cutting you out of my will, and I am never want to see you again. So I left that evening, um, never to hear from her again. Um, but about 10 years later, after she passed away, it was a letter um, from her lawyer that the lawyer sent me saying um, that she had originally left me $300,000 in her will, which was nothing for her, but that um, but because of what I did to Prince Rainier about the celery, she, ne she, gave, she left me nothing. That's my... True to her word. True to her word, <laughs> yes. So good. And I never regretted saying what I did to him. 
and never will. Yeah. Step down. Is that, yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, so you can see that. Can I give you an intro? Yeah, I don't know what to play. <laughs> play God's Eyes. What's that? Play uh, God. Be a God for your you sure? Is that you don't like that song? Maybe sit up, have a little respect for the process. Right. God in heaven. You can do that, yeah. You can do that Should one. I give him an intro? <laughs> um, okay, uh, what you're gonna hear is uh, a man named Christopher Acker. Goes by Chris Acker. He's in a band called Chris Acker and the Growing Boys, and he lives in New Orleans, Louisiana. Originally from Seattle, Washington, where I met him, wow. and uh, we discussed John Prine and Dr. Katz upon our first meeting, and we knew, oh, oh, we're in trouble. We're gonna be pals. Yeah, that was actually your your first introduction to therapy. It was probably with probably Dr. Dr. Katz. Katz. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think that was the, I think it was the case. Yeah. So uh, Chris Acker, I'd hate to uh, build him up too much, but uh, his songs mean quite a bit to me, and uh, when he plays them, I'm happy. And I've been listening to him play them for uh, uh, over a week, two weeks now, something like that, and it's been uh, it's been years, real. I'd say. Yeah, but for this tour. Right. They right. don't know that we're in Burlington, Vermont, and that's on the right. tour. That's right. And we have some more to go, and it's still going to be a great time. So, uh, Chris Hacker, ladies and gentlemen. Gen- that, was gen- a, that was a pretty good intro. And I love him. It started, it started very Wikipedia-esque, and then got per- the age more of zero. Chris Hacker was born. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God's inside and the world's the size of your living room. Days are short on the porch till the nights start to pick on you. You woke up with your shoes on and your head full of soup. It's hard enough to get up and find a way to stir that spoon. Cause the less you move, the more you're used to nothing else to do. And there's times you use the hurt inside to find a new excuse. You explain why you don't call, your heart got freezer burn. You wanna be alone, but you get so bored, you lose all your concern. So you sink some moat, you ain't changed your clothes, your neighbor went insane. 
Waiting in the grocery lines like standing in the rain. And all your prayers, they've grown gray hairs and been put on layaways. While the capital him he sleeps in takes his seventh day. So you look up at Orion's gut and you wonder just how soon till those stars rust in his belt combust and the sky falls down on you. But you can be the kind that finds justice by searching the place of blame. Or you could see it's your foot that keeps stepping on the rake. There's gods inside and the world's the size of that living room. Days are short on the porch till the nights start to pick on you. You woke up with your shoes on and your head full of soup. It's hard enough to get up and find a way to stir that spoon. It's hard enough to get up and find a way to stir that spoon. Very cool. Very cool, dude. The funny part was I realized that I've been spinning a dial that is completely independent of the microphone. <laughs> like, oh, she's just doing, doing nothing. doing nothing. Oh. Placebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, had still, us fooled. It's still good enough, like, but it was just, so, I just, like, just realized at the end of the song, I was like, oh. Oh, dude, I, <laughs> you looked like you knew what you are doing. Yeah, I know. Really yeah. Really yeah. Good job. Yeah. Myself fooled, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. What's that song about, Chris? Um, that song is about, uh, I lived at this house for a while that I, I really enjoyed. It was, like, a really fun time. It was, it's a house that kind of, like, took me in when I first started coming to New Orleans, and that was really nice. Uh, but I started living there, and at just some point it kind of it kind of got dark. There's a lot of black mold in it, too. It was, like, breathing in a lot of mold, I think, and just, like, was kind of like felt like I uh, I I don't know I felt like I couldn't leave the house I was like attached to it it was like the whole world was inside this house and I we would spend like whole days on the porch and stuff like that and like it was really it was it's fun for a while and then sometimes you like you think you've just been like taking a nap and then you wake up like six months later <laughs> oh shit what just happened to that time you know like um, sometimes uh, living exactly how you want is not the most productive and it's also like a certain kind of ignorance towards other people is to like just like live exactly the way you, so I don't know I felt like I, I didn't like keep up relationships and friendships or like call my mom like I should <laughs> just like a lot of that but
Oh, this is a funny story. This song is called Toast First. And it's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, a, it's not related. Shout out to the great Charles. Martin. Yeah, this is not related in any way to this story, but the, the title is uh, owed to it. Uh, one time, Zach and I were staying in Seattle. Or I guess I wasn't even there. We I just heard there. about this, yeah. It's just me and Charlie. This is Zach Bryson talking now for content. Yeah. It's uh, one of my favorite stories. So I, uh, <laughs> we were staying at this house that uh, Chris often stayed at, and our friends Charlie and Sam lived at. And uh, Charlie was going to make breakfast, and uh, <laughs> he was running the show. He was making breakfast. And breakfast is a big thing with us. We yeah. Consider it, we we, I mean, we drove we drove forty five minutes to go to a diner like yeah. a specific diner yeah, yesterday. Mont- we don't yeah, we don't yeah, fuck yeah. off. No, we refer to ourselves as the breakfast champs. Actually, most people do. We started it recently. Yeah. But before that, everybody. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people say it's not really a nickname unless other people give it to you. But we gave that one to ourselves. Yeah, and but it's like just been catching on. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like <laughs> other people call us that too. Anyways, so. Uh, so Charlie was making breakfast, and I don't know if you know the normal operation of breakfast. Usually maybe you get the meat going first, like your bacon or something, or then you, you know, you normally do like the eggs closest, cook to order, and you definitely do the toast last, because then it's nice and hot and the butter's melted and you're good to go. But instead, he got, he didn't even wash the pan. He hadn't even yet, I guess if you were going to do breakfast, you would like wash a pan first, is the very first thing you would do. And get all your stuff clean and ready to go and figure all that stuff out. What he did is he just went straight to the bread, opened the bread, put the toast in, popped the toast down, popped the and toast the down first. And started doing Imagine the dishes. that. Toast first. Who you got, you got like first? potatoes to fry. That takes like potatoes. at least 30 That's a minutes. Huge one. Yeah. You gotta chop the, the potato. You gotta now. chop the potato. Like, yeah. that is gonna be cold. He went toast, toast first. So, so this song's called Toast anyways, First. It has nothing to do with Charlie, but it has a lot to do with breakfast. The song's called Toast First. There's, was any way to... What's up, Sam? Hey. On that note, this song's okay. called Toast First. You packing up? Yeah. Toast First? Toast First. Toast First. Like Midland Tub. I didn't burn the toast The potatoes cooked through I made up some beans like in England they do. The eggs had a good run. Guess we did too. If I'd have known what to say, I would have said it to you. You give a name to a feeling just to try and explain. But even then, there's no good way to say It's giving more credit to words than they're due If I'd have known what to say, I would have said it to you And I've got a pastime Lack of something to do I've tried forgetting as often 
Has Jesus got rocks in his shoes? Well, I'm quiet in my worries and then I act out in pride. Old love takes the long way when crossing my mind. If you didn't know it, doesn't make it new news. If I'd have known what to say, I would have said it to you. I've got that pastime. Lack something to do. I've tried forgetting as often. Has Jesus got rocks in his shoes? And I didn't burn the toast, the potatoes cooked through. I made up some beans like in England they do. The eggs had a good run, I guess we did too. If I'd have known what to say, I would have said it to you. It's funny. It's funny in the headphones because you can get like hypersensitive to all the surroundings. There's like yeah. such good variety of like jingle of the dogs. And there's yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> you can hear the typing. Oh, there, no, there's a lot of the lot of accompaniment on that. Yeah, yeah I love that. Uh, and you have one more family story that you use that I've heard from you before. Um, I'm not sure which one that it's is. It's about. Uh, oh my God! Is it your not... is it your grandmother? I had a grand. Yes. It's an overseas story. I'll just it give you that hint. It is an overseas story. Oh, my gosh. Would you, you tell us that one? You remember that. I don't think I have enough time. Um, well, if you don't, we'll stop it. But if you do, we'll get it all in. All right. Um, I had a grandmother, which was my great, one, my great aunt's sister, one I just talked about, who was, a, um, who was um, British, and she was a mail-order bride to my grandfather, who um, was... Um, a Russian immigrant who came to this country and started a business and didn't have a wife and actually bought my grandmother through the mail order mail order bride service and she came over and they got married they were never in love but they got married and had four children my mother and her, th- my th- her three brothers which are my three uncles and um, um, when she did that she left she left oh then she started raising them Then, but then she got tired of, of being married to my grandfather and actually left both my her left him and her and uh, her three her four children and went off to become a minstrel in a circus um, and playing the violin um, and no one heard from her and the story now forwards 50 years late uh, 30 years later to 1955 at Ebbets um, at Ebbets Field the Brooklyn Dodgers won the the World Series and there was a parade um, going along um, um, in, in Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn and my grandmother um, and my uncle which was one of her sons was there and recognized this lady and saw and said do I know you and she said no he says what I do I know you you're my mother and it was she had not 
He had not seen her in 30 years since she left, and she found him in a baseball parade in, in Brooklyn. And we're at the stop. Thank you so much, Lance. That was really fun. <laughs> Say Chester's morale is at these days. What was that? Where's his morale? Where's his morale? It's It's like pretty. Yeah, he's in the dumps. dumps. Damn. Way down in the dumps. I mean, do you know why he's in the dumps? No, not at all. So basically, like, he had to move out of this house a week, two weeks ago, roughly. So it was like he's lived here basically mostly. Four years? How long has he been there? Four? Yeah. Yeah. And so Walden is his buddy, so he moved down the street. And they have a cat, and he doesn't get along with cats. Oh, yeah. Um, and down the street no, for no. a dog that likes to sleep all day, that's a long way. That's a really yeah, long that's way. a long way down the and street. And so the cat and him have to be divided all day, so he can't, like, have free room of the house he's at. Nobody. Right. And so then he comes here during the day, but his old room is taken up now by Sadie, so he doesn't have a room anymore. Oh. Uh, well, house. then I can't imagine what he felt like last night when there's three dudes on the couch. He's when already the put out of his room. <laughs> he's literally and then no he place to then go. he doesn't have the three cats. He's like, oh, exactly. Wow. And his yeah. mom leaves him all day, and she left him all weekend last weekend, so he had like Damn, no home. Chester. Oh. He had, he had Dude, I feel no like homes. I feel like the three of us are just like gentrifying Chester's life. Oh my god. <laughs> but honestly he's got a good cause he's surrounded by people who who, who at least love him, you know. But how many yes. how many yeah, people yeah. would have a conversation like this about a dog's uh, morale? I know. I know. He's doing all right. Uh, he's like dog lovers. Yeah. <laughs> he's ten days into Hell Week right now. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I saw him carrying a big log outside on his head. Ten days. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be a seal, baby. Dude, One way yeah, or another. They're doing mock waterboarding. It's building it's the most, a raft. <laughs> most sleep I've ever seen in Hell Week, though. Oh hell yeah. He runs and kills things. I bet like animals. Wow, cats? He just killed a groundhog a couple weeks ago. That's kind of sick. Those are good wow. kill, right? Yeah, well, they are. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at that guy and say that guy is an active killer. He is an active, smaller than him, non-dog killer. <laughs> well, that guy that walked through here earlier is a serial killer. You wouldn't know it's with him. Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, no <Noah? laughs> Yeah. I don't know. If I were to make any bets on we the are hometown. What do you think would be in this house? After all. Oh... Probably, probably you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Probably you. <laughs> we play that game at work. You're doing time. the research. Yeah. Well, thank Good. you guys so much. I really, really appreciate yeah, of course. it. Wait, of course. Guess, Sam, come on. You got time for one? I could do one if you want. Well, well heck, Sam, you're here. Yeah. Yeah. You're clean. Oh, yeah, do it. Yeah, where's the harmonic sandwich? Oh, uh, looking for his headgear. Oh, I see it. Hanging off that chair. Sam, I'll, I'll have you know that I will move from this couch. Yeah, you can do it right here, probably. I'll have you know that. No, that's the hot seat. It's gotta be there. It's gotta be there. Oh, yeah. I already noticed you moved off that. I came and poked around all night and found a perfect acoustic. I'm rambling today. right here with the person right there. I love it. 
Someone typing in the background. Someone gently blowing steam. Whoa! Gently yeah, blowing jeans. steam at the piano pen. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get these jeans from? Is that what from you call them? Vapor? Vapor? Days are yours. These jeans from friggin'. We'll call them Steam. Joe and Jet. Let's imagine my Joe and Jet jeans. Yeah, Steven. Should I suit anyone in particular? Could you get it going out of your Well, you have to have an intro. No, that's pretty good, though. Don't do it, though. Ah, okay. But I think people can do that, though. This is a half-step. Are we going to half-step that way? Hey, Derek. I'll shut up now. I'm trying to get him to blow smoke out of his ears. Who's going to intro? No, just kind of go back and forth on this Should we both? Yeah. Sam. Doors. Yes. Doors. Great. Song. Right. New. Orleans. New York. Should we just... Is Sam's the only one with a Wikipedia page? What if we just read his Wikipedia? Do you have a Wikipedia page, Sam? I imagine, I don't think right? so. Look it up. I guys. imagine? Come on. Let's go with imagine. Sam Doors Wikipedia. Uh, at the age of zero, Sam Doors was born. In the rolling hills <laughs> of the Bay Area. Like Raja. Um, Sam's great. Sam's really great. Oh my god. He's really Where to start great. with Sandors? We're going to start with Sandors. He already has one year to, word to describe him. Oh, oh my god. Heavens. It had to be. It would uh, have to be great. Great, right? have to be great or like uh, effervescent. Oh my goodness. I don't know what that means, but uh, it, sounds, it sounds nice. Yeah. He's very phosphorescent. Phosphorescent. He's a very, yeah. like... Bioluminescent. Yeah. He's like a glow-in-the-dark bottle of seltzer water. Oh, no. that's yeah. I got those words wrong. That's not what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> biodiverse. It's got a lot of biodiversity. <laughs> from he's a little, he's his own little from, from toe to top. He uh, he's a special a lot of different ecosystem. He's like a greenhouse. Like he's a greenhouse he of song. He's a greenhouse. He's he has a greenhouse effect. And grows these songs. Yeah, yeah. And his carbon footprint is uh, out of the biodome. Of music. Dude, oh my god, he's tickling me. Yeah. Can I get for the record that he's, <laughs> he's tickling me? <laughs> he's tickling. Uh, me and uh, Chris used to listen to Sam on the internet a lot, and. Uh, that was always a really good time. Yeah. It and was... now we've been in a van with him for uh, days and days, and that's been even better than the internet. <laughs> so, Sam's great. Then you're going to hear Sam, so this is Sam. Sam, of course, this is Sam. I will, to add to that internet comment, not to get too Fuck. specific, but um, there's a video of Sam on the web, um, and uh, it was, it was a, a video that someone showed to me when I was... 19 and he was like you should check out New Orleans check out this band and the, the video made me want to uh, to go to New Orleans it was a very good video whoa, whoa. so not to build Sam up too much but he's like the reason for the season <laughs> was that the the bounce dancing instruction video <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. this one straight from the greenhouse <laughs> <laughs>
And in the hills, the rolling hills where I was raised, when this water turned to whiskey, I'd find my old hiding place. When his work day ended, he'd come home to take his meal. Without a word, I could tell just how it feels to work all day and let it pass you by without a word to say, without a dream to try. Just watching the windmills turn, I see them spinning as they stand, working all day for another man, another man. of a man or to let his family down swinging up at the world through the hole that he's found it makes you cold yes friends it makes you hard and when it lands upon you it's bound to leave a scar just watching windmills turn I see them spinning as they stand Working all day For another man, another man Get the whiskey out. <laughs> oh, thank you guys all so much. Yeah, Thanks for having us. What a treat. And, uh, yeah. I like this fake show business Good shit, banter. you know? Yeah. Those fake show business where we pretend like we... Like each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I like all of them.